everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm back in my car. I'm not at my desk or nothing. I got to go get some dog food on the way home, but probably in the podcast before then, because guess what? You're not the only one listening to me scream right now. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. Today we're going to talk about maybe some rumors, probably some Far Cry, definitely some Anthem, and a whole bunch of maybe questions from you, whatever we got time for. Luke, this has been a fun start, so go ahead and turn that dial into the Xbox Drive. Oh! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Luke, I'm driving by the McDonald's right now. I'm so tempted, but you know what? I'm pretty, I'm pretty hyped up, man. I'm pretty caffeinated. I don't even need uh, a Diet Coke. Coffee would be far too much, not even a Diet Coke. Also, you shouldn't drink soda while you're, while you're podcasting because it makes you burp. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm a lot healthier than last week. Man, I, I listened Same back here. to that last show, and I was a uh, dude. You could just tell that I was like sick as a dog. I was struggling, man. It was, last week was a uh, last week was a struggle bus for sure, man. You were you're the pro. I'm like I don't know what to do, and I can't record in my car, and I froze my ass off because my phone ran out of batteries, and I took the wrong train. But we're back on track, man. I've got a good feeling about this week. I too, I too. We got some news from from covering all different things from betas, who knew, to games with gold. We got some good deals that are actually in there that I put in which we don't usually cover. We've been playing some games. I got some 1Ks. We got a lot to talk about. Nice, man. Yeah, I'm glad you did put in that uh, that sale because it is exceptional. We get these weekly sales on Xbox every week because they're weekly. But uh, this week, I think, is is worth talking about. So I'm excited to dive in with you, man. It's uh, It feels like a long time, but we're back at it. Wednesday, Thursdays, people are listening to this. It's the Xbox Tribe Ball. Indeed, indeed. And we'll start with that sale. Um, it's kind of odd because deals with gold happens every week. Right. right. And we don't spotlight anything too crazy. But this time around, it just it caught my eye because of the number of games that I love or was excited for that mm-hmm. were so cheap. Uh, Watch Dogs 2, a game you are super high on, is only nine bucks. So I, I bought am. that. I am super high on that. And it's an example of a game that I wish... I had actually predicted a number of years ago, incorrectly, obviously, that Ubisoft would launch an EA Access type of thing where, like, a subscription mm-hmm. to, like, their vault of games. I just feel like Watch Dogs 2 is criminally underplayed because of what happened with Watch Dogs 1, and people, I think, mm-hmm. rendered their verdict on the series uh, negatively so with the first game, but they should have given the second one a chance, and I, I you bought it, right? Is that what you just said? I bought, I bought two games. Uh, one of them was Watch Dogs 2. Oh, my God, dude. I can't wait for you to play that. I'm excited to see what you think of it. I don't want to hype it up too much for you, but I think it was one of the best games ever. <laughs> well, in, in truth, yeah. I had it a long time ago at launch, and it didn't click with me. This was back when I was buying physical mm-hmm. um, and ended up trading it in. But I think it's going to be one of those cases where you leave a game because you weren't in the right mindset and then yep. you come back to it. Because I've wanted to get back in. Because I, I, and this is much to my gaming shame, everyone, I really liked Watch Dogs 1. Oh, nice. You're going to love this then. Yeah, I oh, really like it. you're not coming from like a negative space at all, man, there's so much to enjoy here. Like, it is so what we now know as like quintessentially Ubisoft. So wacky, mm-hmm. self-aware, great open world, great activities and things to do, amazing characters. Just uh, go in with an open mind is what I would say to you. 
Sure. No, I'm excited for it. That nice. Watch Dogs 1 was a, a good time for me. Um, and what I saw on Watch Dogs 2 at the time just didn't click. But I've been wanting to get back in it. And it was nine bucks. Oh, nine yeah. bucks. So I, I was like, it. all right, cool. I'm in. I I'm in. It. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But there's a couple other cool things that, that stood out. Far Cry 4, which is a great game. 13 bucks. Starlink was 24. And I love Starlink. That's a very niche game, I think. Yeah. I really like the gameplay. Uh, Wildlands Ghost Recon, one of my favorites, 15 bucks. And then... um. I bought this game called uh, Redout. Yeah, have you heard of Redout? It's like a racer future hype wipeout type thing. I've never heard. I love that they basically just jack the name and make it more intense with the redness. There's a story that I should have been more prepared to tell you that comes with it. Like it's got a developer that's worked on some other big thing. You know, it's got a developer that worked on a thing. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm curious to try Redout. So if anybody else has played it, let me know what you think. I'm I just started <laughs> part of us recording, but I haven't really played much. But yeah, it was a really good uh, week of deals. Nice. No, yeah, so totally. Like, oh, let's see. Well, I mean, yeah. we love Ubisoft here. You know what I mean? So it's it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 Pardon me, sipping some tea. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I can't, yeah. I can't see you because I'm driving in my car, ball. Why don't I just make some weird random noises that I know that Joseph Moran definitely loves and Kyle Stevenson from the Trophy Room. Let's give random shout-outs to other podcasts in the middle of the, the show so that, Luke, you can have a little sip of water and uh, wet that whistle of yours. I appreciate it, man. I'm still recovering ever so slightly. You're going to say you're still drinking. I'm like, I can keep going. All right. If we're at Nintendo, comes on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hi, Bobby. Um, Let's see. What else? Oh, Back Compat Games. Uh, Lost Planet hit Back Compat. Holy crap. Dude, Lost Planet is unbelievable. That game is so... Well, I haven't played anything past the second. So I guess the third one. (laughs) I, I, I liked one, and I th- remember dabbling into these are like the Earth Defense Force awesome shooters, like where they're they know what they are. These are and they're fun. shoot the glowy parts kind of games, guys. It is so good, so enjoyable. I absolutely love this. You're right because I think I saw you tweeting. I wish this was on sale or on part of the weekly day- deals or whatever. Absolutely, yes. man. Like Lost Planet, if it if it were to ever come to uh, Game Pass, that is a Game Pass ass game. If I ever saw one. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it truly is. It's go fight the monsters. And I love fighting the monsters, which I know we're going to talk about when I give you some Anthem thoughts. Yeah. But I just love fighting big monsters. I just think that's a super fun mechanic in games. And Lost Planet hitting back and pad. I was like, sweet. Those are some gems I need to go take a look at once again. Yeah, man. Uh, It's a a hunting in Canada simulator, actually. Americans (sighs) call it Lost Planet, but in Canada, it's just called hunting simulator. Well, I I saw the snow, and I swear they rendered your house in the background. They did. It's so interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Capcom's on on a tear of good vibes from Luke this week. Nice. uh, Because not only did they put Lost Lost Planet on Bat Compat, but also, and this is kind of just neat for me, Phoenix Wright uh, Trilogy is coming to Xbox on April 9th. What? That's not supposed to happen. Yes, are the streams crossing? Are you suggesting that Nintendo stuff might sort of kind of be on a different system or vice versa? Yeah, we'll start that rumor. We're the ones who started it. Yep, that was us. That was us. Mm -hmm. us. Totally fake. We made it up. Yeah, but but truly, Phoenix Wright uh, Trilogy is coming to Xbox on April 9th, along with uh, other consoles. And I thought that was just a nice thing, because it was originally locked on DS a while back. I hope that one day that you can play this Xbox version of this game and then have it streamed to a Switch by way of uh, Xtreme or something. If only there was a way to do that, that we're totally oh. not going to be talking about today. Oh, Sean, Sean, Look. you said you said the thing that I was thinking about in the car that we've <gasps> never pointed out. Can what? we? Ch- all right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody at Microsoft that totally listens to Luke and Sean. Hey, guys. 
I want to high five whichever board member in your room shot down Project X Cloud being called Xtreme. Mm-hmm. Xtreme. Oh, or Xtreme. That, totally. I want to high five the guy that said no. That's dumb. Good job, guys. Way to win. You you won one from me when I realized that you could have done that and you didn't. That guy was probably sitting there like listening to Blink One Eighty Two while he suggested it. Actually, <laughs> got to call it Xtreme. Mm-hmm. Up, He's got it sitting there in his No Fear T-shirt. Listen to Blink One Eighty Two. No fear. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Additional wow. 90s references. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Power Ranger. All right, so, anywho, uh, Games of Gold got announced, Sean. <laughs> Dude, this is a weird mix-up, isn't it? Oh, man. So, on the plus side, I've got to give it to Microsoft, because month in and month out, for like the past six, seven months, they've done a really good job at diversifying the lineup. Yeah, man. Every month, there's something for a certain audience, and I don't think I'm the audience for this month. <laughs> oh, no. But that's Wait, okay. You, you don't want to have an adventure? Well, I've never even seen you the show like Adventure Wars? Time, but that might just be because I, I've already I played that when it first hit back in bed. So let's go with the rundown All for right. the listeners here. Uh, adventure Time Pirates of Uh-huh. is coming to Xbox One. Nailed it. Yeah, I didn't even uh, know that was a thing, to be honest with you. I didn't know this was an actual game. Me neither. Me yeah. neither. Neither did uh, you, listener. Don't lie to yourself. Yes, right. Don't you do it. <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies 2, that's Sweet. coming to Xbox One. That's a good one. game. I've heard very good things about yeah. that one. I've not played it myself, but I've heard only positive things about Plants vs. Yeah, Zombies. it's actually pretty good. It's in the EA Access Vault, so I've definitely played it. Yeah, oh, I should clarify. It's the Garden Warfare 2 one, you not um, just standard Plants vs. Zombies. Nailed it. Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando for OG Xbox. Now, that's a good game. That's a really good game. That is a good game, and it's funny that you, it would seem to me that it would make sense to just have an OG Xbox Star Wars game for the next 17 months uh, on, yes. on Games with Gold. Because right now I think they're playing Jedi Academy is available, and I I bought both those OG Xbox Star Wars games when it hit because I just wanted to support it, and I love Star Wars and stuff. Yeah. And those are the good Star Wars. Um, but Republic Commando, if you've not played it, listener, dear listener, friend of ours, uh, that's definitely a good one to have. It's a fun one. Yeah, it's man. A fun one. And the last one uh, I think is very niche, but also kind of beloved is Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. That is weird. It's a perfect game for Games with Gold. Nobody wants to pay actual money for this. You just want to get it for free as part of your ongoing subscription. Also, I think it's interesting that as PlayStation shuts down its uh, multi-generational offerings with uh, PlayStation Plus, we get all three Xbox uh, generations on this month. So even though one of those games is uh, Adventure Time, whatever you called it, I'm still Mm -hmm. counting this as a plus one for Xbox. I'm I'm very curious to see how these subscription services pan out in the Xbox Super Scarlet Anaconda PlayStation Five Switch Forty Three uh, ecosystem. I can't I'm very you memorize curious. that. That's exactly what it's called. Thanks, man. I'm a professional. You're so I'm proud. A professional. I'm so proud. You can buy blue ra- blue light glasses and put them on and feel smart too. It's real fun. <laughs> real fun. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Uh, Division Two. That's going to hit open beta this weekend, Sean. And I know you're a big Division guy. Are you going to be jumping into the beta? I'm crazy. Like I've come a long way on on the Division and on Destiny. And we'll get to Anthem in a little bit. Um, these games grow so incredibly. I cannot wait to play more Division. I was very um, I was impressed and I guess reassured with the, with the original beta. Now more people get to play the Division Two. I think it's going to have a really positive showing as it as it comes out. So I'm pumped for people to play it. Uh, as people listen to this, maybe this weekend. Indeed, I am hopeful 
that Division Two turns out or the beta goes well because I think we've seen in recent weeks that uh, betas can make or break uh, the launch of a title. And so I hope for everybody, all our friends um, working on Division that the beta goes well and anybody checking yeah. it out, please let us know what you guys think of it. You've Definitely. got three main missions, five side missions, some Dark Zone stuff. That's kind of cool. I was cool. at, at one point, man. I was I was avoiding all betas at all costs, and I actually may revisit that at some point. Yet maybe after this, <laughs> it's like that. I'm gonna start my Weight Watch plan after this cup of pudding. I don't know why mm-hmm. I chose pudding. I don't even like pudding that much. Uh, you should have chosen pie. Like cake. Oh, you're a pie guy. Well, I'm not a cake guy. I'm a cookie no? guy. You're like right? a three point one four. Junk food. I want to know it. I want to feel it. Pies mm. or uh, cakes too airy. Oh, what do you mean, Eric? What about cheesecake? Condense? You had like that cherry or strawberry like sauce on top. It's not sauce. That's too dairy. See what mm. I did? I spit bars. I, I rounded. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Sean, I one K'd Apex Legends. <gasps> you did not, did you? Really? I really did. You're real I good really at that. Did. Game. Man, I I embarrass myself playing with you and and Mr. Badbit. Like you guys know what you want to do. You know where to go. You know what weapons are good. And I'm like, what does this attachment go with? Like, I don't know what I'm doing with that, and I'm so jealous that you guys are so well-versed in that game already, as well as the OKB's crew. Uh, you guys just know what to do. So I, I'm torn because I feel like what I need to do is not embarrass myself in front of my friends, and the only way to do that is to embar- embarrass myself in front of strangers and, and play with them and communicate with them with the ping system. But I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I really want to play that game, but last week was, was not the place for me to be socializing <laughs> with people, I don't think. Shift yourself into some cruise control, Sean. All right, I'm right. Shift it now. Shift it early. We're doing this. All right. All right. Let's go. So first and foremost, my friend, you didn't embarrass yourself. We had a blast playing with you. No, it was awful. And no, no, you no. We had fun. We had fun. And right. um, and I must call spade a so. spade. Bad bit is definitely the leader there. I uh, I tend to ride his coattails. Um, but I wanted to talk today about in-game communication systems because, as you mentioned, Apex Legends has the ping system. Yep. And for any listener that's unaware, all you need to do is highlight your cursor over something and hit right bumper, and there's a contextual uh, ping that, that goes to your teammates. It'll point to something, point to an enemy. You can double tap. will we'll let them know certain things. If you're highlighting a gun, it'll point them to the gun. Yep. Uh, it's super easy to use, and I liken that ping system to learning how to use an iPhone or a smart yeah. device. In the first in the first minute or two, you understand what a tap can do or what a movement can mm-hmm. do. A swipe is understood. And my question for you in the context of this, I think this ping system should be adopted by a number of uh, new game developers or, or future games that are in development because the ping system is not necessarily – this revolutionary thing overall, but the way that they input it with Apex Legends is amazing. Could this system or should this system be adopted by other franchises with Project xCloud coming up or or the idea of gaming maybe not wanting to have a microphone or not being able to have a microphone? Is that something that should be adopted by other titles? They definitely should. It reminds me of the Nemesis system actually a little bit with uh, Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor. It's surprising to me that more games haven't really adopted that. And I kind of liken it to that because it seems like on the surface or when you first interact with the ping system, you're like, well, it's just like 
they just chose a button and it and it does this thing that communicates with the rest of your team. Like it doesn't seem that deep, even though it it alters the experience quite a bit. You and I talked about mm-hmm. this briefly before, but like the choice that Respawn had to make to dedicate a button to that, where normally that would be either like a melee or maybe a grenade or something like that. Like they actually had to adjust the way that the game plays out and the way that we interact with the game, not just for that um, system, mm-hmm. but for how everything else has to move aside for that. Like. I would really like this to be implemented in other games, but I think it actually forces developers to consider yet another mechanic on how people are interacting with the games. So I don't think it's quite as easy, man. I don't think it's going to be as, as turnkey as maybe we would like to see because it changes, uh, it changes the whole interaction with the game. So I don't know, man. I don't know if you're thinking that this is something that can be turned around really quickly. I, I feel like it's very special to Apex and maybe I'm, I'm such a Respawn fan that I hope it remains unique to them. And that leads me to my comments to say that I, I, think, I don't think it's quite as easy, but maybe it is. I hope that it's something that we can see in other games. But at the same time, I do notice that I don't rely on my grenades quite as much in, for example, Apex as I definitely do with Destiny. It's as soon as I got that grenade ready, I'm flying, letting it fly, man. Mm-hmm. Outside looking in, and the core of my, my premise with this was that I think the ping system is that important and that now that it exists and players have it, uh, it needs to be adopted by more by more developers and more franchises. This is not something entirely new. I mean, Gears of War has had that spotting system. It's very similar. But this is implemented with such ease and such uh, simplicity that a mega dad could jump in and just, just have a go and understand what the ping system does. Any totally. player... Uh, could dive in and it's super easy to use. Yeah, like and, a 12 year old uh, Aura Mega Dad, whatever. Indeed, indeed, yeah. indeed. 12 <laughs> years past your prime, let's do this. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm really proud of that joke. Um, but in truth, I was, I've been playing a lot of Anthem. Yeah. And Anthem suffers from a very serious communication problem, both from uh, game to player and developer to player. Yeah. And I, one of the nice things that I do like about Anthem's. Uh, team members is they will go on Twitter and they will answer questions pretty regularly. And one of the questions that I see consistently pop up in their, their responses is, are you going to do a ping system like apex, like apex, like apex. And, uh, no, I don't, I don't encourage anybody to spam that to a developer, but it was on the one hand, very comforting for me to see people recognize how good this system is and how well it would apply to something like Anthem. Uh, and two, how frustrating it's got to be to be, launching a game in the wake of something like I apex know. in in every way a, the fact that yes. there's a trillion people playing this game there's battle royale like it's all the things like the games are so dissimilar in so many ways but the fact that they're connected by the fact that they're multiplayer is is interesting now with um with apex i think that respawn has the advantage and i think every battle royale game will have the advantage that it's the it's similar but different. It's one map. It's all contained. But with Anthem and games that grow over time are going to change. You're going to have different and varying um, situations. And the way that I think that the reason that the ping system works so well is because the the variety of things that you can interact with is innately limited but with anthem Mm -hmm. like the mission types are going to be different like who you're playing with the number of players like i just think that there's too many variables in a game like anthem for it to translate directly i'm not saying that it's not going to work at all but i think it's not Mm -hmm. quite as easy as just like copy paste put in anthem or destiny or, or the division i think it's a little i think it's a little tougher i also think that the things that you need to communicate to people 
in those types of games is is more advanced, more evolved because of the um, the situations and the scenarios that you find yourself in. Um, they advance and crescendo throughout the gameplay, but with with uh, Apex, they're pretty predictable with a single map, 99 play, like a predetermined number of players, and uh, a pretty predictable path down from 99, or I guess 60, down to 1. So, I don't know, man. I, I hope that it does translate, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult, more advanced for developers to figure out how it works within their system and their landscape than, than Apex. Certainly a more controlled environment, yeah. uh, at least theoretically speaking. Um, and it, it's worth noting that the Source engine uh, is notoriously easier to work with. That's the one Apex runs on. Then Frostbite, which uh, is what Anthem is running on. Uh, I think that's a nice, a nice way to kind of tangle into our pit stop topic. Oh, okay. Uh, Sean, how much Anthem have you played? I'm at eight hours into this game. I've got, I think I've got enough to at least offer impressions at this point. Okay. Well, I've been putting in a decent amount of time as well, and I think one thing no one can get away from right now is the review conversation. And we touched on this last week. Yeah. But the idea that the reviews for Anthem are certainly not going as well as uh, Bioware would like with the sixes and sevens uh, landing with pretty serious regularity. First and foremost, I think it's worth asking, is Anthem uh, a game that you are enjoying in your eight hours? Well, I need to be really clear about this and i have been very upfront about my bias for my positive bias for uh bioware and my hype for this game it was definitely my most anticipated game of 2019 really up until i unfortunately canceled my pre-order this is a loaded topic man because it goes back to the to the uh, idea of ea access and there's um there's a number of conversations happening about is it was it a confusing launch then real launch but then seriously this is the launch, but um but EA access once again has has caused me to check my hype and cancel a pre order I did it previously with Mass Effect Andromeda and I've done it again here where they gave me just enough of the game I think ten hours might be actually too much of a of a trial run with a game, and mm-hmm. I got enough to go this is not for me. I want I want to preface this or at least put the context that I did not play much or enough of this game with friends. I played very silently to your point about the ping system like it was me with real humans but like they may as well have been bots because we were just kind of going through the motions. And at a certain point I realized that the missions were so similar and all I was doing was just kind of slowly walking through Fort Tarsus and then getting back into a mission and not really hyped about the loot that I was getting and everything just was just too samey. And I was kind of underwhelmed after a certain time. The dynamic piece so, that I was missing was friendship, I think. I needed hashtag friendship. Well, you're talking about uh, a, a number of impressions that you have. Let's talk about what type of game this is. I think it's worth noting that we both think it's gorgeous. Definitely. Right? We can both agree it's a beautiful uh, sci-fi sh- uh, third-person shooter. Yep. But it's very much a shooter looter, which I I, I, I refuse to <laughs> to use those terms, but so much um, in the in the vein of uh, Destiny, which I think is the fair and unfair comparison it often gets. Sure. It's a it's a shooter looting game, and you go out on missions, you acquire loot, you upgrade, and then you go back out and you you upgrade, and it's it's kind of that cycle right there. And if you're not a fan of that type of uh, gameplay loop, I don't think. Anthem would then ever are you be. even a gamer? Like, really? <laughs> yeah, do you guys even know? Do you even game, you, bro? If you don't think Melee is the best, you don't know. Seriously. You don't know. <laughs> uh, but the game, so 
outside looking in, just looking at it, I really dig the art style. Yeah. I really think it's beautiful. I think the water is incredible. I really like the characters. Um, I think they look good. Um, I love the monsters in this game. I love I'm flying a big in it. The monsters. environments, the inhabitants of the environment, to your point, is all very well realized. It checks off the box for me that this universe was created years before the game was created. Like, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, like that, that it was pre-thought and everything that exists within the world, the story that we're realizing and the adventures that we're having is a manifestation of the setting that they created well ahead of time. Kind of, mm-hmm. like, kind of like our own world, you know what I mean? Indeed, yeah, yeah man. so deep. But it, it really does look like they, they set out with a vision and they were yep. telling a story within a time frame in a much larger universe. Big time. Uh, and so I think that's to Bioware's credit. They, they, they are stuck between a rock and a hard place and that they've got this shooter-looter and they're known for creating great stories. Yeah. And that's a tough, tough place to be in. Uh, but I, I really enjoy the gameplay. I'm loving the gameplay loop. I like the... the you know, minute to minute gameplay of going out, fighting a giant monster, finding some ruins. I'm enjoying the story so far. I do like the sci-fi story. I love uh, the story. What- I'm shocked that that seems to be a very vocal negative uh, on the internet right now is that people are very down on the story. They think it's very bland, and I think it's amazing, dude. Me too. I think the idea of an anthem of creation is is yes, cool. Yes, it totally I think is. It's a- yeah, the the mechs and the the way that the mechs and technology works in this, in some ways pre-industrial, in some ways super advanced society. I think it's a fascinating like why they exist, why they created them, the way that freelancers seem to have this this incredible history, the the fallen from grace aspect of their um, they were the heroes, and now nobody knows that they can trust them. I think is this incredible narrative arc that. I don't know if it's just too good for people to appreciate or what, but it's like, it just smacked me in the face. I was like, this is Bioware. This is the Bioware that I love. And I'm not connecting at all with the criticisms on the story front. And all. There's a guy named Matthias who you, you meet early on. And it was, he was featured very uh, prominently in the demo slash beta. I think what happens to him is incredibly fascinating. And I just want to follow his story. Your friend Owen, who sounds probably a little bit too much like your ghost in Destiny, is mm-hmm. stupidly charming. I think he's one of my mm-hmm. favorite NPCs in a in a game in a long, long time. I have a lot of great things to say about this game that I don't necessarily know how scales on ratings and numbers work, but it seems to me that those things should pull this game up maybe north of a six or a seven into maybe like high sevens. I'm not entirely sure, but like I'm the production. The production value is undoubted. I mean, it definitely. is a gorgeous. Well, the sounds good. Everything about this production looks good. Yeah. Uh, where it seems to falter is the part that we've not touched on yet. Uh, my my biggest issue thus far in my time with Anthem is the amount of time in Anthem that I've spent not playing Anthem. Mm. And that comes by way of loading screens, yeah. by way of menu navigation. Yeah. Uh, the experience of playing the game is a blast, but it gets in its own way quite often. There are extraneous load times, even on an Xbox One X. Uh, there are a number of times that don't quite seem to make sense where you'll go, you'll acquire loot, you have to load into Fort Tarsus, then load into the Forge, or you can load into Fort Tarsus, but then load into the uh, Forge, 
in reverse order, and then yeah. you got to go back out into Tarsus, get a mission, go back into the forge to prep up. There's but, a number and needlessly of like and, separate areas too, where like it really forces the player to go like, okay, you got to know what you're looking for in Fort Tarsus versus the forge versus the whatever else there is. Like, I kind of wish that there it was a little easier to kind of swing if they needed to have separate areas for all these different activities for you to do outside of the missions. It needed to be a little more streamlined to me. I'm inclined to agree with you. I encountered something uh, where I thought I hit a bug. I really thought I hit a bug because this one mission for a stronghold kept popping on my menu. Hey, go do this, go do this. I did it three times. Yeah. And it's a fun mission. Like, no doubt it's fun. Um, because it's the one from the demo where you fight the giant spider. And it's 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 a grandiose battle. But yeah. three times. And then I, I finally I had it and I Googled it again. And I was like, oh, this isn't a bug. It just stays in your menu. Well, that was very poorly communicated. What? I just need to go do other missions. Yeah, it. You just need to go do other missions, and and that it doesn't clear out. And so things like that just seem so silly. Quality of life uh, improvements. Yeah. The game plays well. It just gets in its own way. All that to say, if this is to be a living game like Destiny or like Warframe or, or several others. I truly hope that EA uh, doesn't abandon the title and that it keeps and sticks with it. I know they wanted nines and tens and critical acclaim, but it, Destiny wasn't a hit on day one, but it did find a niche audience. I might, I, I could see myself finishing up the story here, playing for a bit, and then coming back as new new stories added pr- with regularity, a la Taken King from Destiny. Well, as and I know that I'm conflicted, and because I'm saying that I I canceled my pre order, I do intend on finishing up my final ten hours. Um, I do intend on buying this game at some point for sure, but I do feel like at the same time people were very eager to rate this game as low as possible for two reasons. Number one is, of course, is the, the EAF factor, which was not surprising to me. We all know how people feel about EA, and they don't seem to be shy about their negative bias. But the second thing that actually does surprise me is the Mass Effect Andromeda bias, that I'm shocked to see how it is bleeding over into this game. People are constantly referring back to Mass Effect Andromeda, and I don't think that it's a fitting... Um, comparison i don't actually think it makes a whole lot of sense completely separate bioware teams um Mm -hmm. and i just feel like it just fits the narrative that people are trying to fit for ea rather than like telling a true bioware story and i'm frustrated i guess from that sense that people are allowing the andromeda story to bleed over into anthem and i don't think that the the two are nearly as connected as as some would like them to be for their narrative their negative narrative to to carry any weight I'm afraid I can't speak to the Bioware narrative because I've not played any of or I've played them, but I never really got into Mass Effect, uh, which is odd given my per- personal preferences in gaming. But I think that sci-fi. speaks to how you're being objective. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to give you a little bit like credit on that because you are being very objective with this game, whereas I don't... I mean, whatever that means in game criticisms, of course. But mm. I just feel like you're not letting really any of your distaste for previous Bioware's uh, games come come into play here. My hope is is twofold with this title. One, I hope that EA continues to support it, uh, which Big brings time. me to my second thing. I hope that in addition to the planned roadmap of story content, I hope they get a little crazy with it. Yeah. There are plenty of like world events that happen during free roam that happen. You know, these the anthem brings in these these monsters, these giant titans. Uh, these giant uh, creatures, and you battle them out, and it's a blast. I put up some cool clips on Twitter of it, uh, but. 
I hope they kind of get a little crazy with it. Think Monster Hunter with this and dropping in Geralt of Rivia. I man, what's to say the anthem doesn't have a crossover with Apex or Titanfall and a Titan drops in, like a like a robot Titan, not the in-game uh, anthem Titans, like just to battle a giant mech or battle a giant monster from Monster Hunter, or that would be kind of a cool thing to see. Would be a little bit of crossover with other titles. I would love to see that happen. You know what, man? I was listening to the IGN Unfiltered with one of my favorite journalists still left in the in the business, uh, Ryan McCaffrey. He was talking yes. to Bonnie Ross about her history and how she mm-hmm. got into Halo, and she's recently been inducted into the Hall of Fame of all game makers. I can't remember exactly what it was called. Uh, I think it was, it was the, Di- the Dice Hall of Fame. It I was think. Dice. Yeah, they were they were celebrating a Dice. Um, amazing, amazing conversation. And she had made reference to her fascination with transmedia, which is not what you mm-hmm. think it is. It's the whole like exploring universe using like if it's a game, then how do you have like meta stories being told in podcast mm-hmm. form or comics or books or short mm-hmm. short movies like um, the 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 district nine guy who who made it a little short like Chappie. i'm kind of looking forward the chappy guy blum camp yeah that doesn't yeah. sound right to me it sounds like i'm making fun yeah, of his blum name camp. but yeah blum camp. No. he's great um, so I'm, we, i kind of see if like i could offer a bit of context for for any listener bonnie ross uh heads up halo right now three four she, three she heads she's up amazing halo. she is right. she is so smart and so charismatic and you know what man a little crush for all oh, everything yeah, about crush, her little, everything about her bonnie ross is is amazing um, I gotta be. I, I crushed on Ryan and Bonnie in that interview. It was a pleasant interview. It was some cool little nuggets of info, though. Do you want to transition away from Anthem and talk about this interview in general? Let's do. It. I think we're gonna be talking about Anthem for the next uh, foreseeable future. That's for sure. Indeed, indeed. So as Sean alluded to, Ryan sat down with Bonnie Ross, head of 343, uh, to discuss Halo and then Bonnie Ross's time in the gaming industry. And as you said, transmedia was a consistent theme popping up uh, in Ross's his words. And when it came to transmedia, the idea that you could would connect universes across all different types of mediums, uh, I thought that was super cool because Halo has done that. Yeah, uh, short films you can argue their quality, but incredible books, mm-hmm. uh, action figures, comics—they got a loot crate destined to them. Uh, Halo goes beyond a first-person shooter with Halo Wars and some of the mobile outings. There's certainly a multifaceted approach with Halo. Hunt the Truth is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Like regardless really of what is. you think may or may or may not like Halo, that podcast is unbelievable. We should do that. We should make a Hunt the Truth type podcast with our with our crew. Keegan Michael Key voiced that in, in one of those, didn't he? I have no idea who that is, but that sounds like a a real stellar kind of guy. He's from Key and Peele, the comedian. Oh, okay, sure. It's neat. He was a Shakespearean actor along with the comedian. Was he He's in fun. that? Was he in that movie about like the dog? And they're chasing Keanu. That was it. Yep. I- I never saw it, but I believe so. Yes, you you would know him best from his uh his skit with the substitute teacher. Yep. Yep, Balake. Yeah. Yep, totally. I get that a lot because yep. I teach with the yep. names yep. the the white wait the I don't know ethnic names but not yep. ethnic. Yeah, Balake. <laughs> D nice. Uh, yes. So <laughs> I, I do want to point out with uh, <laughs> bringing it back to Halo, right? Because I'm gonna say this. Um, I thought it was super cool that Ross leaked a couple things about Halo uh, Four. One, it could have been a lot. It was meant to be a launch title oh, for Xbox One. Oh, what a shit up, man. Are you serious right now? Indeed. Indeed. It sure was originally going to be a, a an Xbox One launch title, <sighs> and there was a gap in, in catalog. And I got to tell you, on, on Xbox 360, 
when Halo 4 launched, it looked incredible. It, it was so far beyond uh, Halo 3, which was uh, early 360 versus, mm. you know, Halo 4, very end of 360. And then you had Reach and ODST in there. Um, Halo 4 looked incredible, even better in the Master Chief Collection. But she also, in that same interview, discusses uh, who would have made uh, the next Halo game if it hadn't been 343. Oh, my God. And what happened with uh, the Master Chief Collection? Who who was going to make Halo Four it, or uh, the next Halo if not Bungie was, or Three Four Three hadn't come in? Well, especially given all the recent news about Randy Pitchford, uh, she had mentioned that mm-hmm. it was going to be Gearbox. So, and uh, Ryan McCaffrey uh, quickly noted that maybe we wouldn't have gotten Borderlands. Like it would have changed the landscape of video games in mm-hmm. a huge, huge way. Uh, definitely, I would have been devastated because we wouldn't have gotten Battleborn mm-hmm. if that were the case. Yeah. Right, what a magic trick you got there. Yeah. Wow. Great joke. I know. Great joke. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the idea of a Gearbox-led uh, Halo 4 would have been, at the very least, different yeah. uh, than what we got. There's no doubt about that. I it would have been Halo an amazing was- launch title, though, man. Like, if that's the thing. Like, it, It's amazing what expectations you have for a launch game versus something that comes a lot later on. It would have been the perfect... Halo 4, I think, would have been the perfect launch title within that lineup. It would have taken mm-hmm. a lot of pressure, I think, off of Sunset Overdrive. Like, it changes everything. It would have taken a lot of pressure off of Rise. Those are the mm-hmm. games that were really spearheading the the marketing efforts and, like, this is why you need to buy this game. You replace those or at least support them with, with, a, with a Halo 4. Holy crap, man. It also gives them, I think, uh, 343 would have given them a little bit more leeway on not not nailing it in the way that people wanted them to nail it. It was still attached to the to the Bungie era. They should have had that generational separation from Bungie. That would have benefited so many things. I, I my mind is exploding with like, why didn't they just do this? Oh man, hindsight is even finer than 2020 in some cases. It was interesting hearing Ross talk, and this is the last thing I, would, I want to note on the subject. She references a lot of the problems of Master Chief Collection. Yeah. She notes. How how proud of Halo Five and how frustrated with Halo Five they were yep. uh, in different areas, and yep. I thought that was very telling. And the core point that I think is so worth noting is it's very clear that they did not abandon Halo. They went back and reworked all over Master Chief Collection. Why that game's still getting worked on is is beyond me. Apart from the fact that they genuinely want it to be right for the fans of Halo, which I thought was really cool. I mean, that but was part of it. I Halo got six. I took out of that 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 Halo and Xbox are one and the same. That they are synonymous. They are they are symbiotic. Symbiotic. What pisses people off? They are so like the relationship between the game and the system is so Mm -hmm. ingrained that um that they feel like it's like if you give up on Halo, you might as well give up on Xbox. That's the message that I took out on that, and I was very encouraged by that. I see. I did not. I I used to think that, and I've start, sort of gotten away from that because Xbox has survived quite well without Halo being a mainstay. I disagree, man. I know I don't want to fight Let's, with you, but I no, don't no, think... I do want to fight. But I want to get to one of our listener questions. <laughs> okay. Can we can we table the Halo topic for later? Well, I think we should be um, talking about Halo for the rest of the year as well. Halo and Anthem. That's it. That's it. No other things. Nothing yeah. else, guys. Nothing also, else. That's all you get. Coming on. Very hyped for that. Nope, Halo Six slips Oh no! Oh real, real dang! Fast. Did we talk about the division? I and I know that um, we're we're getting long. The division is doing early access better than everybody else. Can we talk about that real quick? You can give us your opinion on whether or not they're doing it right. Really, Go ahead. really, I think I think this is next level thinking. And I and I sent a note over to uh, PR at Ubisoft that I think you guys are just like taking it to the next level, man. If you're going to do early access, early access doesn't seem to be working with people. It seems to be upsetting people and confusing people, but. 
if you sell people a a season pass and one of the perks of that is the post-launch stuff you get seven days early access then that is how you do it and that's how that's what division two is doing i think that is brilliant dude i think it is amazing i i have thoughts on this but i think this actually quite comfortably uh so real quick you're talking about ubisoft having a season pass for division two is that what you're saying that's what i'm saying uh i said ubisoft though ubisoft correct yes right got it uh-huh. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I did not have a chance to read that that yet, so I don't want to speak to the actual details there apart from our notes. But Todd Oxtra asked us a question last week. Hey, Todd Oxtra. He said, with, hey, Todd, with uh, Game Pass being so successful, do you anticipate more additional DLC or microtransactions to supplement or offset lower revenue streams for publisher or developers? Uh, music streaming doesn't seem to be profitable for artists. Uh, could this be? Could this make up for... Uh, their income in tours or merchandise for music. And I I understand his relationship there. And my big question uh, for you is, should Anthem have gone free-to-play? Should Division be free-to-play, but with microtransactions offsetting things? No, but you know, mentioning the music thing, I think it's interesting that back in the day that you used to have like a fifteen dollars CD and an eighteen dollars like premium edition where you get like an extra sleeve or behind the scenes DVD or something like that. I'm surprised that there's not something like that for music where you could maybe go out of your way to spend like one or two or three dollars um, in addition to your monthly subscription where you get a little bonus because I do think that that's what's happening on the game front. And I think that's why things are working out so well with Game Pass. We had this DLC model before the subscription thing kind of hit and that was the that created a, a nice landscape for for what we're finding now you get the games for free but you're like well i've always known about this extra content so i'm way more comfortable with um getting the game for free or just as part of my subscription and then throwing a couple extra bucks because i wasn't really i don't consider myself out of pocket for the bulk of the gaming experience so i don't think i don't anticipate really too much changes other than the fact that it becomes a lot more marketable and uh, palatable for people to just throw a few extra bucks for that extra DLC pack or that that extra I don't know the costume pack or whatever because it you're you're not dumping a whole you're not dumping eighty dollars into the game or sixty dollars in the in the big old American dollars. I'd very much like to see. I think Anthem would have done very well if it had been free to play and more people had oh, jumped in. I, they would have seen more money. I'm nervous uh, to say that, man. I also am nervous because I do not want to give up on the idea of a $60 uh, single-player experience or a $60 experience where you buy it and you get everything. Uh, but cosmetics, DLC, microtransactions, those do make up uh, for costs and the fact that games have not gone up in price, at least in the United States, um, since the 360 era. Yeah. So there's there's a real rationale to all of that. There is clearly a profit to be made by being a game pass or, or EA access. We talked about those numbers two weeks ago, Yeah. but also 25 million people jumped into Anthem and quite a few of them are spending money in the battle pass isn't even out yet. I know, so, man. Oh, so I just where's, all you know, survive. but apex is an outlier apex Fortnite, Those are unique. So there are Warframe. plenty of other free to play games. Warframe. Absolutely. Those are very successful free to play games amidst an ocean's worth of free to play games that no one remembers or knows exactly. about. Or it's very That's thing. why I'm nervous. I think you're right to be nervous. And frankly, I'd like to hear from our listeners on that because there's plenty to talk about whether a game should be free or exist in a subscription only uh, plenty to talk about there. And Sean, we do need to remember to fight about Halo in our next episode. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try to remember, man. I don't want to fight with you though. I'll probably repress this memory. 
I've got Surprise. thoughts for how to make Halo 6 so Bonnie can call me up and cancel everything they're doing. Oh, I know how to go. do this. Yeah, totally, totally. Plenty to talk about, but not the rest of this week. Sean, I want to know, or I want you to know, rather, that if you go to my Twitter, twitter.com slash MLS Reserves, you can find a hub for all the content I make. I put up a weekly video uh, reviewing a game I've been playing. I have links to my streams. I have Twitter moments that I release every month with clips and stuff from my month of gaming. Uh, twitter.com slash MLS Reserves. Take you to everything I do including Mixer.com slash InsipidGhost. Uh, I want to give a, a reciprocal Freudian slip plug to the Xbox Empire. They accidentally gave our information at the end of their episode. So thank you guys for that. And uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. I don't even know what I'm going to be playing these next couple. They're probably finishing up on Far Cry New Dawn because I am absolutely in love with that game. I continue to play it uh, for the last little bit. I also, right before we finish out, I want to thank Jerry Gauthier at Highly Intelligent for encouraging this longer episode. He asked uh, for one thing, and he was he asked for a, me to have a longer commute. I figured things out a little bit. I think I think there's a new plan in place, man. So thank you to Jared for that encouragement. Thank you to everybody for sending your coffee pictures and all the ridiculousness that you guys engage with us on the social medias, as old people say. Luke, I've had a really good time with you this week, man. This was this is back to true form. I feel good about it. It's. I feel good about it too, man. It's almost like being healthy does a wonders for us. I know, but I've had to pee since we started, man. So we should probably, we should probably go. Ball. That's good. That's a good one. I like.